0: Welcome to the middle of the week, beautiful people. I'm Babs Rawls Ivy. This is Love Babs, Love Talk. I hope everybody is well. I think we get uh uh word on the street this morning. I think it's cold out there though, Paul. So I don't know, but we yesterday was our 100th person. Today will be our 101 person. <laughs> so, so I'm I'm excited. I'm ready. Bring it on. Bring it on. I came across this poem uh, last night because um, you know I, I love poetry so much. I got a lot of talk to talk about, but I, went, I wanted to recite this poem because I, I just thought it was right on point. I am pieces of all the places I have been and the people I have loved. I've been stitched together by song lyrics, book quotes, adventure, <laughs> late night conversations, moonlight, and the smell of coffee. That's by uh, Brooke Hampton. I just love that poem so much. I just love it. And and while I'm nursing this broken heart, and and it is really genuinely truly a broken heart, uh, and it's not a broken heart because of betrayal or or wrongdoing, it it is a broken heart that means that you have to separate from somebody to to reimagine what what it could be between you, you know, if 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 anything could be between you, you know. Uh, all good things come to an end, I think, uh, no matter how hard that is or how painful that is. Uh, I, I, love is forever, though, I think. Real love, true love is forever. So I, I will forever be in love with this person, like forever and always to the end of time. Like that doesn't change. Uh, what changes is the interaction, the interaction and the, and the intensity of the interaction. That's what, ch- that, that's what has to change. And and change it. I am. It's painful. <laughs> I got a beautiful bouquet of flowers yesterday, and and I just just thrilled me and wore me thin too at the same time, because it's 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 tough. You know, it's a it's a tough thing, and, and but it's a necessary thing. You know, there's no for me. There's no other way around. Uh, what, how this needs to play out, and uh, and and I, I remain hopeful that in the future uh, a reconnection. There's not a disconnection, so I don't want to say a reconnection, but in the future uh, we'll have a different, different, different playing field. I think we'll see. We'll see. It'll be what it'll be. Right now, it's painful. And, and that's all right. Cause I can move through this and it's going to get more painful as the time goes on. Cause when you spend that much time with somebody, you know, you have all these, you have all these times where these dates mean things to you, you know, like we did this and Valentine's day and I, 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 just all the things just start running into each other, come back and So we'll, we'll, we'll just, uh, we'll just, uh, get through it. Do you know what I mean? Like, we'll just, it's not like I won't see this person. I will see this person because I'm connected to this person, you know, and, uh, that's what it is. So, uh, I, I, I I am prepared. I know what I know how this heartache is, is, and I know what the tender spots are, and I know how to give myself grace, and and I know how to uh, just be with it, not ignore how my heart feels, but to just be with it, and and that's it. <laughs> so I'm, I'm gonna be lamenting this for quite some time until until I'm not, because it is uh, uh, painful to me um but i wouldn't trade it for anything like i wouldn't say oh i i wish we didn't get this intense i wish we didn't i i don't wish that at all i i love the fact that that we we were that close and that close and deep and intense and excited and i i like that's how i want to live i don't want to live with emotions that are in a that, that are in a cage. I, I want people to know that I love them deeply. I, I I want that I don't I don't want to live in a world where I have to modify how I feel about someone. you know there's consequences to everything and consequences doesn't necessarily mean a bad thing. It just means you take the risk you go out there and that's what it is so that's I, I don't I I love every minute of the, the bubble that we built around each other. I, lo- I love it. I still love it. But I also know it it has to change. I, I've known it for about a year. <laughs> truth be told, and I'm a truth teller. I, I've known about a year that 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 this was gonna come to this. I, I saw it. I saw the, I saw the, the, I saw it, the shifting and the I saw it you know and i and I, I think this person saw it too and i think we worked very hard at not having it come to this do you know what i mean like we i think we tried to do some things so that it wouldn't come to this but it's all right if it comes to this it's all right you know it's not it's not a the, the love remains it just does and it it, it is so anyway uh, I'm, I'm publicly working through this. That's that's all I could tell you. I am publicly working through this as I do most things. (laughs) Why? Because I don't like to be in isolation about nothing. (laughs) If I'm, if I'm, if I'm high, high, I want everybody to be high, high. If I'm low, low, I want everybody to be willing to lift me up. I'm like that. I, I don't have no shame. I'm not I don't need no reason to hide not near emotion. I'm not doing it. So if you see sadness, you're gonna get the sadness. Just like you get the joys in the celebration. And speaking of celebration, babies, speaking of celebration, I have news. So so you know how I was uh I was uh all gung ho about. Um, throwing my hat in the ring for uh, the Creative Arts Workshop call for artists around um, uh, this this uh, curated uh, thing that uh, Nico and Malik were doing in relationship to the Creative Arts Workshop, and I, in the last hour, I put in a proposal for for the exhibit. Now, I'm not a trained artist of any imagination. The first art exhibit I did was um, the Nasty Women exhibit that Luciana did at the Divinity School. And that was the first time I ever had a piece of art of mine created um, and on display. Big, big thing. It's hanging in my hallway now. And uh, I'm so proud of that piece. And and I don't care if people didn't like it or whatever. I, I never got the sense that people didn't like it. Um, people liked it. People, you know, I mean, I, listen, it is a matter of the talent. It's the It matters that you do it. Um, so I, I was right up there with hella talented artists, you know, honest to God artists. So that just sparked something in me to like, I, I want to chase this thing. So anyway, they put a call out um, for the Creative Arts Workshop to do something in that big window. If you, if are in Audubon, you'd see it. It's a gallery space, beautiful space. One of my, I think it's one of my favorite spaces in the, in this town, because it just looks, it just beckons you. You cannot walk past and walk past. And if you do, then I I you need to get your head out your butt. But that's neither here nor there. So anyway, I I put my 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 uh my my proposal in. And uh and we were supposed to hear back uh on the 9th and and I did. And I'm going to read you an ex excerpt. And this is why I'm so excited. While you were not selected as an exhibiting artist for this iteration of the exhibition, we would love to bring your proposal to life in the form of a public program or programs during the run of the show. Ha! (laughs) I, 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 that's like the, that's like the best, it's like Christmas. (laughs) It's like, what? (laughs) Seriously? And the proposal is rooted in, You know, if y'all have been paying attention to me, I've been fascinated with this notion of loneliness and disconnection with people. And with all the technology that we have on this planet, people are lonely and more disconnected than ever in the history of the world In the whole history of the world. We are more disconnected uh, and lonely than ever. And I have a mind to do something about that in some small way to reconnect us before AI before we start dating AI robots and stuff like that, <laughs> that human connection is still necessary. And so on the backdrop of afrofuturism, um, you cannot have a, a black future if we are if there is no black love. You cannot have a black future if there is no black connection to touch to the senses. Just not, the future is going to be bleak and dystopian. And so while I love future forward stuff and I, I like where the science takes us, for good or bad, I, I cannot get over the fact that people are trapped in places of loneliness and isolation and that people find it hard to connect to people and people find it very difficult to make friends. I've never in my life had a problem making friends. Never. <laughs> Ever. I've never had a problem making friends. And so it escapes me when I see that and hear that. It, it bothers me and baffles me how people cannot make friends. Even as adults. I'm 60. I will be May 2nd. And I still like the idea of meeting new people. And I know there are people who are like, oh, I don't need no more new friends. I, I don't that's like saying I don't need any more air or I don't need any more water. I have my core friends, don't get me wrong. My my folks who I thrive with, who who are everything to me. But we all like when we connect to new people. Because it's like a ladder, right? So I'm struck by that. And we don't look at one another lovingly. And we don't we don't gaze into each other's eyes enough with 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 softness. So that's what I so my art piece is interactive. It's an interactive uh installation, you know. Uh, and it's a touching it, installation because we are we are people are alone, and I I, I want to do something about that. And it feeds my core philosophy of give what you need. Just give what you need, and so that's 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 the thing. So I've it's a whole concept. I've done some research on this. There's a whole body of work on touch and looking at each other and being with each other. It is like spiritual direction, I think, on steroids without conversation. But just to be in space with someone, you know, for three minutes, three minutes, you can you can heal people. Do you know what I mean? Or you could begin to heal people. You could begin to heal people. That's what I want to do. You know, that's that's my thinking. So I'm looking forward to having the larger conversation, which I think we'll start having on Friday. Well, I let them know. I already jumped at it. I already said yes. <laughs> you have to ask me twice. <laughs> I said yes. Send my bio and my picture. <laughs> um, uh, because this is important to me. It is important to me, and it fuels and feeds. What I want to do if I get into the divinity school, if I get into the Institute of Sacred Music, it, it is the foundation for the work that I want to do in that way. I'm telling you, this is an exciting time. So while I while I am nursing this broken heart, I'm also nursing these new dreams, you know, or maybe they're old dreams or, or just dreams. I'm nursing them and, and birthing them into fruition. And that is exciting to be in this place at 60. Thinking about new stuff and how that I can make another another imprint on the world, or or not even on the world, just in my community. There's so many things that I like to do, so uh, so it feeds this idea of connecting, um, and and connection. And I, I appreciate that when people recognize that I am a connector and someone i met someone saturday who is who is adjacent to the broken heart who had immediately said you are a connector of people and i i i i appreciated that a great deal i i appreciated that a great deal because i think that's a tr- true statement and then someone said to me yesterday i'm a love magnet and and i like that too so I, I I like all give me all the adjectives. It's better than bitch. <laughs> that that fits too. <laughs> <But> I, <laughs> that, fit, that suits, but I, I, I like all these other things. So so I'm delighted to sort of stand in a true artist space with folks and create something. To create something. You know, like take an idea to fruition and and make it make it accessible and available to people. I, I'm excited by that. I want to do it again and again. <laughs> oh, so I, uh, you know, I'm I'm on this path. I'm I'm gonna ride this thing out, baby. I'm gonna ride it out. So so while while I'm fixing my broken heart, I'm still doing the damn thing. And that's priceless. I, you know, and, and wait, and to be marching toward MLK to be, to be marching toward MLK uh, weekend, you know, when, when we are solely focused on social justice, right? Like we're social justice 365, I get it. But MLK heightens it for us, you know, It reminds us that um, there's still so much work to do. And I just think the revolution for me, is on a very basic front um, that we cannot we cannot be revolutionaries if we don't have love if we if we cannot if we cannot see each other as humans if we cannot connect if we cannot talk to each other and look at each other's eyes and and feel whatever that means for us do you know what i mean like that's that's where i'm at I'm, i'm about engaging humanity at that very basic level uh, I, and i've come this far to understand that you know you can't have a you can't, there's no future if you don't have love in it I, I i don't want a future without love in it i just don't so we i i've got to make sure i champion that that message that like it's it's good to 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 want to be out there stopping boots and boots on the ground and fighting for a cause but how you live it <laughs> Hi, baby. How you living? How, how who are you connected to? Who do you love? Who knows that you that that you love them? You know. How, how do you know about these things? You know. uh Do the people in your life feel your love? Um. What is the fear? You know. The course of miracle says your goal is not to seek love. It is. To remove the barriers to love, I, and I, I live in that. And you know, and once you start thinking about that, you start to unpack things and peel back layers of things. You know, you cannot, you cannot say you want love and then at every opportunity put up roadblocks blocks and walls. That's not how love. And then, and then, dare somebody to love you. <laughs> It's like Survivor. (laughs) No, (laughs) you have to sort of take down all the barriers and and be vulnerable. And I spent the last several years standing in a vulnerable space. And and vulnerability means telling the truth about who you are and what your needs are, what hurts, what feels good, uh, and how you interact with other people. To be vulnerable, I don't lie to people. I used to be a liar. I'm not a liar anymore. I haven't told a, a good ass lie in a very long time. I don't lie to people. I and I don't lie to myself. I I stand in the truth. Now I don't stand in the truth to the point of, you know, I, I'm I'm picking. I'm I'm being so critical of myself. That's not the truth. I tell the truth in terms of how I'm feeling what i'm doing and why i'm doing it that's the truth i don't i don't lie to people and uh and i don't lie to myself first and foremost and to be vulnerable means you have to open yourself up to 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 what whatever whatever comes i'm not guarding my heart in the way that i shut off the heart you know I I meet people with the intention of becoming becoming with them. That we grow from the interaction, whether it's 20 minutes or 20 years, you know, that I, I show up authentically in these meetings and conversations and interactions with people. I show up as my authentic self. That's it. I, 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 there's no other way for me to live at this point in my life. You know, I don't, I don't hide or shy away from things or people or places. A no is a hell no. Or, and a yes is a hell yes. I don't, if I don't want to do something, I'm not doing it. If I want to do something, I'm gung ho excited. And that's just how I live. So I, so I, In this short period of time that I've been on this planet, I am very much moved by how disconnected people are and how hard it is for people to love each other and how hard it is for people to uh, touch each other. Do you know what I mean? To, like, get close to each other, you know, because the fear of being hurt is greater than the fear of being loved and i i just i'm disappointed in that so whatever heartache that i am experiencing in the moment and it is temporary and everything is temporary life is temporary uh, whatever the heartbreak is it it's so is worth all the joy and love that i've experienced to this point it is so worth it i i i i could not i there's not one thing about anything in the last Five years with this person that I would regret or be unhappy about or anything like I, I've got I got whole pictures, <laughs> which I might gather in a uh, in some kind of journal and give it as a gift. You know, just so many pictures and so many moments and good times. Like that's how we that's how we should be in the world. That's how we should be in the world. So I'm just saying, people. So, yes, so that is uh, the art news of the day. I'm very excited by that. I'm very excited by that. And I can't wait to have these rich conversations with people about how we, well, not with people, with Nico and Malik, how we could pull this off. And I've been dreaming about this. And and imagining how all this could play out. And, you know, and I've got to pull together my materials and and make a thing. And it's because it's a whole, it's a whole production, and I'm excited. I've got some other things that I'm working on, but right now I've got to get these applications done. I've got to get the YDS application done. I've got to spend some time with my LSAT studies. The good thing is I get to see my coach next week. She's busy in exams. So I see her next week. And I look forward to seeing her. Um, because she's so smart and bright. And uh, I think I'm seeing her next next Wednesday. Oh, when am I seeing her? Oh, Lord. So, yeah, I'm seeing her next, next week. And uh, I've got a full schedule next week. Oh, I'm running through these weeks. Well, you know, that's the way it is. Da, 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 da. That's the way love goes. <laughs> so I see her on Wednesday uh, at 11, 11, 10. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. I'm telling you, January is flying by, good people. January is flying by. So I may have a guest at, Ten fifteen. I doubt it because the PR people, his publicist people, uh, can't quite confirm. So it might be a bust, which is fine. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I do favors for people all the time. So it's all right. I don't know. You know, I, I will say this about this gun stuff. I'm up on the New Haven Independent site and uh yeah it's a good place to start your day for local news i mean if you're not watching tv and you know you're you're not any place where you can watch tv but you want real hard hitting with details (laughs) not sound bites you want some news (laughs) so uh i'm up on the independent there's a piece on on uh uh tyler camp uh uh, just talking about the some gun inch situation i'm gonna I'm a blow past that what i am gonna get into though woo! did you see the lines for the cannabis kickoff uh i know where the uh cannabis dispensary is in new haven because i see the pictures on up on whaley avenue 1351 and uh they had a line so yesterday i think the state These businesses did like $250,000, quarter of a million dollars worth of pot sales. I'm just, I'm blown away by that. I don't know what the little weed man going to do, but you know, there's always going to be a weed man. Like nobody's going to give up their weed man. I don't think, I don't know. I I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But it, it might, might be a good thing to just go and buy your weed yourself somewhere. I don't know. I'm still trying to figure out how people would do that. Hey, Paul Beasy. Good morning. Good
1: morning, Babs. I got want to introduce you to someone who's in a really great. Starting off the morning, morning, great new mood. I get the feeling that this individual does not need coffee, but I could be wrong. Hey,
2: how are you? Say good
1: morning to Sparks. We're at the Wishy Washy Laundry. Good morning. In West River at Norton and George Street.
2: Correct.
1: Correct. Yes. How
0: are you? I'm good. How are you? I like your glasses. Thank you. What time does laundromats open?
1: <laughs> I hear you. What time does laundromat open? No, uh,
2: seven, and then we call that nine. Okay.
1: Yes,
2: yes. and um, I charge five dollars each load, no matter what size.
1: Do you oh. actually do the laundry for people? Yes. Everybody. Mm-hmm. So this is laundromat where it's not self serve.
2: No, it's self serve, but I, I if you want people, if you want work, um, excuse me.
1: I We're good. We're We're good. good. Yes. So I was so, so if I want to do my laundry, do I come in and put in the machine myself, or do I sparks do? Right. But you're helping someone right here. You phone laundry. Right. So Can tell me about that. Mean? Right. So some people pay you extra to you do you it. We're
2: good. You guys <laughs> go outside. Exactly. I'm doing an interview. Finish. Fuck you, no, Go outside. <laughs> <really>. It's <laughs> embarrassing. It's
1: okay. It's okay. I don't want
2: to I film. Right.
1: Well, okay, i will just keep it on you, sparks. Good. All right. So.
2: That, that, do you own that, the that, place? That, you that, manage that, the no. place? Um, Michael and Lucy are oh, the Chinese. Uh-huh. And they gave me a chance. And I um, actually work from 7th and 9th to help them out.
1: I'm in an interview. <laughs> he's amazing. I know.
2: I, I can tell he's amazing. So I'm talking to him. <laughs> so, so,
1: do you work how many hours a day? Every day. From like 7 in the morning till 9 at night? Wait, so you work 14 hours?
2: Mm-hmm. Really? Every day, yes.
1: How many breaks?
2: Um, well, I'm here by myself. So I'm my own boss. So if something happens, I just talking them about, But if you go off the front, and you're not, you're just, you're just chill out. But if I'm not working for the people, I just tend them, and I let them do the thing. Because you want anybody to talk about you, right? you, know?
1: Right, so you don't mind anyone, even if a nice person like Sparks, breathing <laughs> down your neck, looking at what your um, shirts are when you put them in. in the Correct. In the- oh, right. the- right. And sometimes, if you're busy, you want to go get some ice cream, or go shopping, or to church,
2: People drop them off and they put them in the drives for them. Cause you don't have time to come back. Mm-hmm. You don't want to break lunch either or whatever you're doing, you know?
1: But they also so. gotta trust you. Yes, they do. You're not gonna go through the pockets. No. <laughs> no. There's cameras everywhere. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's Honestly, it's a long way, goes a long way.
1: Yeah. It really less. Now you you folded someone's clothes now. Yes. So is that an extra service? Like if I pay Sparks five extra bucks, I'll fold my laundry. Correct.
2: Okay. Correct.
1: How many people do that? Just me. No, no, how many people ask you um,
2: to do that? No, I, I have like 15 clients so far. Like,
1: really? A day? Wow. I think a say. day or a week?
2: Um maybe like say three or four times a day. Saturday and Sundays all my busy days.
1: How many days a week do you work? Every day. Wait, so you work seven days a week, 14 yes, hours a day? Yes. So this is your whole life.
2: Well, I start this, I'm getting ready to go back to go do shows. I do shows in Europe. I got picked up for RuPaul's Drag Race. Right? All right, so, so hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, um, you see me on TV.
1: So you do, I do you do drag it. shows?
2: Yes, well, I do. I do female
1: illusionists. What's that like? A-L-L or i l l? Like he can
2: become me. Excuse me, i know I'm your manager. Two percent, right here. All right. So is
1: it illusionist or illusionist? Like illusion, like a magic well, show, or is illusion, illusion is like you see a, a
2: a girl, you think it's a girl, drag yeah. queen. Is drakon where you can do characters, where types of outputs that I have.
1: So you're not a drakon, you're an illusionist. Yes. How do you spell illusionist? The first letter. Illusionist. Yeah. Is it I L L or A L L? I L. I L L. Yes. So what's your name when you perform?
2: Well, it actually is Miss Sparkles. M I Z Z and Sparkles, and then whatever you stage. Sparks.
1: Sparks. And I know you wear sparkles every day on your eyes, or is that just from the last night or something? Well, I didn't have fun Yes, I did. <laughs> Excuse
2: me? I did have fun. I show Oh yeah, where was it? It was in up uh, there. Mm-hmm.
1: Private party. Private party. What was the show involved? Like you just perform as a as a as a character, a bunch of characters, Miss Sparks oh. the It was a fetish party. Mm-hmm. So oh. I'm gonna leave leave that back. Oh, okay. <laughs>
2: uh-huh. And then so now you know you're, Well how what
1: time did you get to bed?
2: About four in the morning. Oh you my go got god. To go to four in the morning. Yeah, and I've it like,
1: i like at seven. So how many hours of sleep? A bit of an hour. can you really do that I mm-hmm. you can work 14 hours yeah it's kind of it's kind of rough well I do it now but but you mean, got a wow. positive attitude though you don't look like someone just slept one hour why is that why, what keeps you what going you in the kitchen
2: somehow?
1: and how do you do that
2: What's here a lot of water green tea salad I'm actually the thing that Naomi Campbell uses is a, a, like a Bottle of leaves or whatever have you uh, from the island, and if you actually drink it, people don't use um, earthy stuff anymore. It's true. I do. I
1: really do. Love. I, do. Really
2: I love <laughs> earthy stuff.
1: <laughs> <laughs> now, you, what were you just folding? What kind of garment is that? What I'm What kind of garment is that? I know
2: kind
1: of I'm talking.
2: Is about. You your... what
1: I'm t- what you call it call Come right there. Yes. <laughs> what
2: kind of what kind of clothes? Uh, sure.
1: It was a shirt and you're folding. What color is that? I'm colorblind. Black and
2: white. A yes, but it's like a snow, snow type shirt.
1: A snow type shirt? Yeah, it look like uh, fuzzy. Mm-hmm. And you're folding it for one of your clients. You yes. Get several, like, how much do they pay you actually to do that for you? Oh, well, this is uh, $10. $10. Like $2. Okay. And also, you show you the manager of the laundromat? <laughs> well, you can
2: say that. You can say
1: that. Well, how, what would you say? Like, what would you call your job? Because if you're the only person here, you're in charge, right? Yes. So, it's just you staff the laundry bag all day. Yeah, open place. What's it like? Like all day? Are people in all day doing their laundry?
2: Well, it's nice. Sometimes people come with their drama. But the last two weeks, I wasn't a laundry tenant. I was a security, therapist, whatever have you. Like, say, see what you're doing, and what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Even if I was drunk or high, I know how to control myself. My pants raised me the right way, not to act ignorant or stupid. And it's been a headache, a big, big headache. People drop bottles, arguing inside here. Are you well,
1: talking about people bring drama in here? Correct. Because they're high. So how do you deal with the drama?
2: Well, I talked to my boss, and he told me, anybody that acts up over what have you, she's just going to send pictures to me in the department.
1: How do you get the pictures up there? at the, uh, of the cameras. And so do you, well, tell me about an example of an incident with drama like this.
2: Um, well, the other day, a guy was drinking, and Literally
1: Like what he saying. Who was saying a whole bunch. Of things, so like the if,
2: excuse me. Uh, that's it. That's it. That's okay. it. I'm doing an interview. Please. please. She's thinking no. on what happened to me? No. Please, no. please.
1: No. Okay. That's we'll good. come over here. No, we're, we're, oh, we're good. We'll be back. We're back.
2: We're
1: talking about something the other day. Oh, we could go right here. We're good. Okay. Sorry about that. That's no me. worries. Yeah, I know. I know. I can tell yeah. So someday the guy came belligerent. What time of day was it?
2: He was very low at 9.30. You in the, the morning? He called
1: Kemp I'm and sorry, he did what? He
2: like came
1: to Kemp Chakras. Kemp Chakras? vodka. He dressed some vodka. Well, what's it called? Kemp Chakras? Yes. I just saw it's that. Cheap. K-E-M? I believe so. OK. So he had the cheap vodka. It was 9.30 in the morning. Right. And what did he do? He find we OK. Hey. So this man came in at nine thirty, not this woman over here, and uh, and he was drinking some cheap vodka. And you were you were minding the store here. Like, why would you
2: mess this guy's? Little...
1: So me? so so, what did uh what happened? What did the guy say to you when he was? Uh, he did not say
2: anything. Not really too much to me, but he just wanted to argue, and fight, you know, fight or something.
1: Okay. So he wanted to argue and fight.
2: It's just because he said he was going through an issue and. You know, people have their lives and stuff. But this is this hell.
1: But he said he was belligerent with you and trying to do your job.
2: this with everybody.
1: So, what did you do? I looked like. Mm-hmm. Did he leave the facility? Because sometimes,
2: if you don't walk away, you'll get into
1: mm-hmm. the situation. Mm-hmm.
2: You know? So, and the next day, he came arguing with everybody. And then the night before, people was saying, You did this, you did that, and this. That's
1: that's so how do you do? How do you get them out of the place so people can do their laundry? Oh,
2: my boss got money.
1: Oh, your boss was here. No, I had called. Her. And what'd she do?
2: And I guess the
1: uh, I'm oh, the police came. How'd you feel about that? You want know, to like just to be able to do your job, or your job involves dealing with trauma. It, it does a lot of trauma. Right. So, like, what I'd like to do is I'd like to contrast you folding the shirt this morning and being at the fetish party last night. Like, what's one action at the fetish party? Was it like a dance, an imitation of an individual? What was like, what's involved in the routine? Well, so we
2: had uh, four people there. Mm-hmm.
1: They
2: went um, Madonna.
1: Um, so one was Madonna. Who are you? Tyra. Tyra, like Tyra Banks? Yes. yes. So your address as Tyra. I'll
2: show you on my, on my Facebook.
1: Excellent. So when you were Tyra Banks, what'd you do?
2: Um, just dance. What just song? There. But this wasn't
1: really a song. A, uh, a pole type thing. Mm-hmm. But there's not music playing?
2: There is, but it's not like, this, like a music. music. And I it was it. on a
1: pole. Yeah. You, you bring a pole? <laughs> you, bring a pole? <laughs> you bring a pole. Where was it? Someone's house, you said? Yeah. I, I, phil- 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 phil. Phil- I was hoping the pole didn't fall down. did it? <laughs> All right. So it was pole last night, in this morning. Yes. Yeah. And tell me how you got into this. Where did you grow up? I
2: actually, I'm actually from Fairfield, but Fairfield invited me. Like- I got my place. But I was born in Jamaica. I came in 04.
1: Uh-huh.
2: I came from Haven. Haven got a little bad at shooting, so my parents lifted to Fairfield.
1: What year was that?
2: Uh,
1: actually, uh-huh. Yeah, so. so you grew up in Fairfield? Mm-hmm. I love it. And what brought you back here in New Haven to be working here?
2: Well, situations in life. Mm-hmm. And my grandpa actually lived down street. as when I was on your street right across the street from the
1: hospital.
2: He had half so
1: here, but. So you say Are you staying with the grandfather?
2: No,
1: I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So you're living in New Haven. Yes. You're staying with. A friend. A friend. Yes. Okay. Yes, you're your girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And um, what else should we? Babs, do you have any questions from the? Yes, it's so quiet. Yeah, Babs, but quite easy I would think Babs would have like a million questions. I,
0: I'm about. I'm just fascinated. I'm fascinated by uh by just listening to you, and uh, and you. talk about the the parties and stuff. So I so you've been in New Haven how long?
1: About seven eight years, and then okay. originally in the eighties.
0: Yes, about two
1: or three years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I guess I forgot to say what's the word on the street today. The segment's called the word on the street. Um, what's the word on the street? The word
2: on the street today. Good is life, friendliness, and happiness.
1: Friendliness and happiness. Oh, I'm not ready. Okay, me. okay. <laughs> what, what, what's, what do you, what's the word on the street this morning? Um,
2: friendliness and happiness. Okay. Okay. i oh, actually, and be safe. Be safe. Yes. Be safe. And God bless.
0: And launches. so now, do, does and you feel? Do you feel okay. safe out in these streets? Do you feel <laughs> safe? Because the world has changed uh, a
2: bit. Not, sometimes, not really. Okay, not really. But you see what happened inside here. It's just a whole bunch of nonsense and mess. And I'm far from saying I'm, I'm a saint, but I know how to act. Mm-hmm. And that's the main key. When you go somewhere, you respect this places even you under the influence of whatever, help you clean up, do what you gotta do, put your heart in, support, and home You know?
1: I'm, I'm feeling those glasses. Thank you. I love your glasses too, Babs. Thank you. <laughs> she has a pretty smile. Yeah, she has a great smile. You have a great comes from her, smile. Comes from Thank her heart. you. Thank you. So what you. else, like what are you going to do the rest of today? Um,
2: hopefully you get some more work. Um, I have a project to do at like 4 o'clock which is awesome. It's like kitchen or living. I do side jobs.
1: What kind of side jobs? See, cleaning,
2: to me, is very... Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: So you clean people's stuff on the side? Yes, to So who's going to run the laundromat? Well,
2: sometimes I call my bosses and let me know that I'm leaving, just to keep an eye on the cameras. But it'll be, it'll be okay. Because
1: I'm not too too long. And do they pay you a regular salary here? Or is it just from falling? Um, every day, that I get something. I mm-hmm. That's... Between me and them. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so basically, you're here every day. And if people pay you an extra, what was it, $10, you'll fold their laundry and watch it so right. for it's $5
2: each load. So depending on each load, yes.
1: Oh, they pay you, but then they also have to put the coins in, right? Well, the
2: thing is, they put the coins, they pay, you know, pay for the stuff, Dry, and then I fold it for them mm-hmm. for $5. Hours.
1: Gotcha. Mm-hmm. I thought you said 10 Well, his was $10. Why the was two low. Oh, yeah, five dollars load. So guys. you're basically trying to make ends meet. Last night you danced at the four in the morning with mm-hmm. the pole dancing tire banks. In the morning here yeah, you fold nice. this guy's laundry for ten bucks. Four o'clock today you're going out to do what? In someone's kitchen? I uh, clean the kitchen. They're like going by clean, like deep clean. Yes. They have like once in a while. Something really,
2: something really, really good. See, yeah, I'm a clean person all the way. Well,
1: kitchens seem to be the place where stuff really gets gunky, right? I mean, yeah. when you get the most to clean out.
2: Yeah. Like how in, often do you clean a kitchen? Um. My mom, both type of person, we cannot eat in our bedrooms or the living room. If it wasn't a table, you're not eating. not not play that. No, no. But I want you to look up my Facebook.
1: What's the Facebook page called? It's
2: uh Sparks Kirk Banks or um Kirk Sparks Banks.
1: So afterwards, we'll look. After we're done with the interview, I'll get your info down. We'll put something in the Independent, which is the news site, and we'll have the interview here. Correct. Babs, any other questions for Kurt? Ms. Sparks.
0: No, I, I enjoyed this very much. Thank you for uh, spending some time with us this morning. Thank you, and no problem. Anything like this, I'll give my time.
1: All right, Especially Babs.
0: for
2: you, Miss <laughs> Sparks.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, this is Paul and Miss Sparks from the wishy-washy laundry at Norton and George St. Babs and Love Babs, Thanks, Love Sparks at WNHHFM New Haven's home for community radio.
0: Thank you. You know what? She's one of the nicest people we've done. I, I liked her very much. <laughs> I liked, I liked. That's very nice. I can't wait to see the pictures and, and the write-up. Listen, if I didn't have a washing machine and dryer in my house, I would I would feel like I could trust her to do my laundry. Do you know what I mean? Like I could trust her to do my laundry. That's how I feel. That's very nice. So I can't wait to uh, I can't wait to hear read uh, her story a little bit further, because you know Paul in here chatting her up. So uh, all right, Miss Sparkle, I love it. I love it. I love it. So so if you need your laundry done, get yourself over there. I would trust her with my laundry. Do you know what I mean? There's a lot of places I I wouldn't trust, but I would trust her with my laundry. So uh, that's very cool. Anyway, I'm telling you, New Haven has so many cool, interesting people that just make this city go. Now, if only we could get a a mayor that reflects that. (laughs) If only we could get a mayor and an administration that reflects the diversity and the beauty of this city. get me started. I have a mind to think about that in another kind of way and have a larger conversation somewhere about what this city needs legislatively and and mayorally (laughs) because I just feel like this is not it. The city feels very lackluster right now and it shouldn't because it's a Shiny bright spot on the hill, even though we've got woes. But all across America, the cities are, cities and towns and rural areas are, you know, trying to battle, battle what what ails us. And and I I think for me, it still comes back uh, to people's disconnection, uh, to community and disconnection, to family and disconnection. To, to all kinds of things. Now, I don't say that as uh, as the end of the world kind of thing because I also know that there are a great many people out there who are working hard at connecting community and holding community up and being strong for community. And there are way more people doing that work, I believe, um, than not. So I'm I, I I remain ever hopeful for the people who who just don't talk about it, but who are about it. And uh and that's what you that's the only thing you can do in community. It's like you either get in community or you're not. And if you care, you get into it because this is where you live and you're like, well, this is where I live. This is the inroads I want to make. Yada yada yada, you know i i I want to live this kind of way, and so therefore I've got to make this kind of uh commitment so so high five to word on the street because I'm telling you every time we meet somebody and they're and they're just tucked away kinds of people you know that that you wouldn't notice if we didn't run up on them and say, Hey, what's the word on the street? I had no idea people were having fetish parties I guess I did but I ain't never been to one. Um, and uh, and I like the fact that people can be the authentic selves out here in the world. Um, and, and the idea is to not harm people and to allow people to sort of go about their business and do their thing. You know, so. And to be up that early in the morning with glitter makeup on, baby, is just everything. Just fabulousness. It's like, even I can't do that. And I pride myself on being, you know, up in the morning, uh uh ready to vibe. But to be up in the morning after one hour of sleep and dancing all night on a pole, and you get up and you got you still have the mind to put on some sparkle. Oh, that's the real MVP. <laughs> she she's the real MVP. I just go to bed and I'm like, oh my God, I get up at eight, you know, I wake up at I mean, I'm up, 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 but I don't like get out of the bed till about 8:30. And I'm like, oh. And even so I can't imagine what it must be like to dance on a pole till four o'clock in the morning. And then come and open a dag laundromat at seven. High five, girl. Use, use the one. <laughs> that made my day. I got to drive by that little place to say hi or something. I always just want to go and say hi to these people in real life. I do, so yeah. Anyway, um, we're gonna take a break in a few minutes, and then we'll be back at 10 15. I I I said I had a guest, but I don't think I have a guest uh, because we I have the their publicist people just just not good coordination. Uh, I think the publicists try to do their best, but you know when you have people who just feel like they feel, there's not too much you could do. So I'm gonna I'm gonna chalk it up to saying I won't have a guest at ten fifteen, even though I posted that I will have a guest at ten fifteen, but I won't have a guest at ten fifteen. <laughs> so let me let me get the PSA because <clears throat> y'all know I got to do my PSA for the for the cause. Uh, here we go. January is National Slavery and Human Trafficking Prevention Month. Do you know someone who is a victim of human trafficking? Human trafficking is a form of modern day slavery with illegal smuggling and trading of people for forced labor and or sexual physical abuse. Oh, he is coming on. This is a worldwide problem as well as in our beautiful state of Connecticut. Traffickers target people, both boys and girls, who are vulnerable to promises of a better life and forcing them to live and work in unfair and abusive conditions. Many traffickers are well-known, living near us and promising and convincing young people and families that their children will have a better life in a new place. Under the United States federal and Connecticut state laws, human trafficking is a crime. Let's work together to protect our children against these horrific crimes. If you are a victim or know someone who was a victim of human trafficking, or if you would like to learn more about this serious issue in our society, please contact Love 146 at 203-772-4420. That's 203-772-4420. And, uh, this is sponsored by the public service announcement is being sponsored by the Waterbury, Connecticut chapter of the Lynx, Incorporated. So thank you very much. So uh oh, my guest is here. Huh. I'm very surprised by that. I'm excited by that. So uh I tell you what, we're gonna take a little bit of a break and then um we'll come back and uh have a conversation with uh, uh, Anthony Rucker. So let me leave a message for him. Hi, this is Babs Rawls Ivy from New Haven, Connecticut. And you're listening to WNHHLB 103.5 FM, streaming live at newhavenindependent.org. No matter
3: how you play, never follow through, can't let the faces get to you, we're living in the shadows, all the broken.
4: through my 2020 brown pool sleeves, Malcolm X. All I need is peace of mind until they bury me, living life stress-free, full of integrity, a lot of people full of drama. I'm on the highway floating and sober, reflecting on life, striving the mask itself and all my negative vices. Advice from Andrew, the alcoholic was priceless. Don't tell him your moves before you make them. Remain silent. Another vet read me like the Bible. He said I wear the mask, but the mask don't cover what I did.
3: I'm gonna be
5: distant shores I've been waiting wanting more for the whole night and it ain't right I've been saying what's on my mind trying to explain what can't be defined and for so long it's been so strong suddenly it's clear now that I can hear The ones that I wrote, oh these melodies, here are some memories, and these love notes I found in an old coat, mean something new. I found you. I wanna stay around you. Suddenly it's clear. Now that I can hear.
0: People, welcome back to the second hour of Love Babs, Love Talk on Babs Rolls Ivy. I'm delighted to have uh Anthony uh the Boogie Man Rucker uh visiting this morning. And this is uniquely special because you know, Anthony, um, hip hop is celebrating its 50th anniversary, and you come from that genre. Uh, you are a prolific poet and a uh welcome speaker and a doctoral uh uh psychology is it yeah i'm, psych- a, I'm,
4: I'm a doctoral intern and in yes department. doctoral I'm
0: intern department. how are you welcome
4: i'm well and as a note me and hip-hop have the same birthday august 11th so <laughs> we when i was when i lived in new york i actually talked taught a history of hip-hop class and I, I i had fun in saying that we have the same birthday like you know that's <laughs> hip-hop is a leo i just do want to say that you know,
0: that's not a, that listen. if there's a if there's a sign for hip hop, that would be a pretty good sign to be. yes. so you we have are. this new book out called um uh Dear James. Yeah. and I and I, I, I let me let me back up a little bit because you started out as a as an MC for uh, MC hip uh, hip hop MC mm-hmm. uh, but you were you always were a poet. you uh you did uh you won a great many awards, you were on showtime. Uh, hip 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 hop at the apollo
4: showtime, showtime at time. the apollo
0: showtime at the apollo and uh and you've won and you you're prolific and people sing your praises and you you've uh you were the nat- 1995 national uh uh um you ranked third place in the national poetry slam so so poetry and hip hop are 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 in you so talk to me about this 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 book, this homage to uh, James Baldwin, who I must say is uh, always relevant and forever timely, particularly in these moments.
4: Yeah, um, James, I stumbled on James Baldwin with The Fire Next Time,
0: mm.
4: and it just changed my life. It is like the favorite book, you know, and it's like my required reading. If anybody asks, like, what book James Baldwin, The Fire Next Time, read all of this stuff. But, um, I just I fell in love with Baldwin. And it's funny because I don't finish some of his books because there's so many quotes in them that I like that I end up reading and resonating thinking about that I have to go back and finish them. But to me, he was the greatest African-American mind. You know, nothing against King or X or anybody else. James Baldwin is my cat. You know, he's he just says so many things that just it hits you in life, but it hits you with love. And he still could have like anger. He's like a satin fist. He punches you, but it feels soft, but you feel it. You know, you feel <laughs> the pressure, but it's, it's, it's a little bit of love and compassion in it. And I always liked that about him. And so literally one of my mentors, we were doing a uh, poet on poet, um, a poem a day thing where we write back forth to each other. And one day a Baldwin quote just hit me because they always hit me and i did it and then i was like you know what that felt good and i have a book of james baldwin quotes and plus i know other quotes and next thing you know i did another one and then i did another one and it was very cathartic and i'm like i'm going to keep doing this i'm actually working on the dear james too i didn't want to make this long and drawn out work you know it was like an encyclopedia but you know his his message for life like i even as a psychologist when i talk to um, parents i use one of his quotes he said our children have always had difficulty listening to us, but they've never failed to imitate us. Mm. And so, you know, I tell that to parents, like, why do they do that? I'm like, listen, you can say what you want, but they're going to imitate you. They're going to emulate you no matter what you say. So understand, they're going to reflect more what you do than what you say. And I mean, that's a James Baldwin quote, but it's so applicable and it's so clinically sound. And I just, I love him for that, you know? And I love the fact that he also, Could speak in love, but speak in anger at the same time. And, you know, that's also disarming when someone can say something so scathing to you in such a nice tone. You're like, wait, did he just say what he said? Like, I don't know how I feel about that. They're like, because everything you hear about James Baldwin, oh, he's such a nice guy, such great demeanor. But, you know, at one point he was considered one of the most dangerous black men in America. So it's just like, and you can't mute creativity. And that's the other part I like. With X and King, you can stop their platform. You can't stop a novel. You can't can't stop an essay. You can't stop a play. People are going to find art no matter what. Mm -hmm. And the fact that he did that and he used this platform to not only work out his personal issues, his personal demons, but actually help us work out ours. I thought that was like one of the greatest signs of service. And so he's always been my my cat. Like, you know, this is the dude, like, if you're going to read something, read that. And so that's how the book came about and it's actually turning into a play that I'm um just um debuting in April. You I, know.
0: I, I I I mean you sit right at the sweet spot of the cross world, crossroads of of hip hop and 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 where we are now. What yeah. what do you what do you make of this this new iteration of hip hop? And can we call it hip hop? What happened? Oh no, that's just uh, my my uh, my my my. Oh producer. okay, I was like, wait a minute, it's like just... I'm, I'm
4: thinking, like did I hang up on him? Like I didn't. No, anything. no, my so... producer put up your put up your book. Okay, thank you. So thank um, you, Harry. So the thing about it is, there's great hip hop out now, but the thing about it, it's, it's it's a business, and so it's controlled by a business model where they try to replicate and get people to buy what's out they're not trying to be innovative and then the people who are innovative the the, the movers and shakers you got to search for them you got to look and like oh wait a minute that's a dope artist that's a dope artist and so right now this is just hip-hop is a reflection of the business and not the art you know mm. I, like I was absolutely amazed when I forgot who it was and I don't I don't want to cast this version anyway but it was a hip a, a popular hip-hop artist and they're like, how come you don't talk about this, this, that, and the other? And he's like, Well, I'm rich, you know, I'm you know, I rap about, you know, making money and what I do, and you know, I don't I don't talk about social issues. And I'm like, wow, hip hop was born as a mixture of partying and social issues. It was never separated, like a Mary Baraka said in, in Blues People, he said, Black art has always been functional. We've never made arts for art's sake. And it's at the point where now it seems that's what's happening. It's art for art's sake, and it's for the purpose of propagating a lifestyle and making money and it's not speaking to the people. And that's what you think. If you look on the surface, but like I said, when you go under, you know, there's still artists making good music. You just have to find them. But if you're depending on the industry to do it for you, you can cancel that because they're not even interested, you know, Mm. and being on that side of it, I've seen the ask. Like I, you know, I got offered retirement money, but the ask was, I couldn't do it. I was just like, no, I'm not doing that because to get into it, they wanted me to do some ghetto, trifling black stuff. And for it, they offered me the world. And I was just like, I I can't do it. You know, and so it is a push to make what's popular and what makes money. And that's where it's at right now. And it's, you know, every video is either a woman shaking it behind or a brother claiming about how much money they have it's, it's just it's it's criminality one-on-one i mean when the police are starting to use hip-hop songs to solve crimes you know it's like uh this is <laughs> <laughs> i don't I don't know but, like, we laugh, day, we...
0: but it's true right like... yeah
4: and back in the day you know we wanted to keep our stuff secret you know we could tell <laughs> our best friend what we did now they putting crimes and directions to the crimes and what they did that only the murder and the killer knows and it's like wow you know before we reported on it now you like snitching on yourself like i don't that's another thing too you know so it's just it's a reflection of art for art's sake and it's and money is the is the is the, is the purpose now you know it's Except not you? go ahead i'm sorry so it's not you know it's not a people business now and so you have to do your it's like doing research like, you know, when, you, when you're working on your doctorate, you got to parse through all of the irrelevant and just pseudoscience stuff to get to it. And so now you have to parse through hip hop to get to it. But the good part about it is we live in the age of the Internet. So everybody can make stuff like my favorite my favorite female artist doesn't have a CD out, but she has stuff on SoundCloud, you know, so I can go listen to her. And I don't have to be limited by the business. So that's the good part about it. You know, we the age of the internet and you can get and see whatever you want.
0: I was going to ask you, I'm glad you brought up that you have a, a favorite, well, female, uh, a woman uh, artist. Uh, are you surprised at not how far women have come in hip hop and, and this genre of, of, of music?
4: Yeah, it's, it's like it got stuck in a time loop. You know, because at one point, you know, and let's be for real, America is a very misogynistic place. You know, they're not talking about black women, white women can own property, you know, and if they inherited property, they would lose it to their husband once they got married, even if he never worked a day in his life. So America is a very oppressive place for women in specific and women of I mean, women in general and women in color in specific. And so at a time when it was like, okay, we want to take control of our sexuality. The sexuality became a a, a, a a cognitive distortion, a detail abstraction, and it got blown up into the thing you know and not part of the thing and based on the way the business is run i'm I'm not you know because now people are doing stuff for the money it's like okay, I need to feed myself I need to take care of myself and you know at one point you know you know like the old saying before I be a slave i be buried in my grave at one point we Care just as much about how we presented ourselves as the money. And I remember Ozzie Davis and Ruby D said it in an interview. They asked them, like, you know, how come you didn't get all of these big roles and this, that, and the other? And they like they offered them to us, but we didn't take them. And they were like, why? They said because we decided we wanted to be famous and rich, but not on their terms. And so we're not filthy rich, like, but we're not broke. You know, we're not we're not needing infant thing. But we decided that we were going to decide the term. And nowadays, the artists are not deciding the terms. They're going along with it and they're trying to fix it on the back end if sometimes they're doing it. But, you know, if you got a billion views, you're not going to fix that on the back end. You have to fix it in the venue that you're putting out in. If it's mm. front page news, then you have to counteract it with front page news. So, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things where they got caught in the middle. Because at the point that they were evolving, the record business devolved and they were just like you were caught in it like they don't they weren't looking for progressive rappers i mean think about x clan d nice isis all of these people you know public enemy you know um poor righteous teachers jungle brothers you know at first that was a movement but then all of a sudden when the industry started changing like yo the unconscious the gangster the ratchet that's making more money So that's at the time where women were evolving and coming into it. And they were like, Nope, you don't want that. That's nice. But you're not going to, you're not going to be a a female X clan and and get a contract nowadays. It's just not going to happen, you know? So, like I said, but there are some great female artists out who are making good music. That's not this mess that, you know, I see, you know, so it's one of those things they just caught, they got caught in the evolution. You know, and if the if the industry had evolved, they would have evolved, you know, in it. But you're not going to evolve in an industry that is trying to, you know, turn back evolution. So, yes.
0: So tell me about when you came to love poetry. How how, how does that because you you are a poet and 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 you you stand on that. So how do
4: you how, when did you when did you know this? I was a poet before I was a rapper and i didn't know it james baldwin has a quote he says they said how did you stumble on writing he said I, um he said how did you find writing And he said i didn't i stumbled on writing and writing found me so that's basically it. i was in 5th grade and i got to admit i was a smart <laughs> kid but i was terrible let's 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 not whitewash it you don't be like oh i was i was terrible and me and my english teacher hated each other it was an agreement like and so in 5th grade the poetry section and they're going through by last name. My last name is Rucker. Okay, I ain't got to read a poem. No fifth grader wants to read a poem. Last day, she was like, It wouldn't be a class if we didn't have Mr. Rucker's poem. And I'm like, Hold up, you can't do that. And I said, She did. I'm the teacher. I can do what I want. Read your poem. I read the poem. It was a haiku. She asked me to stay after class. She said, Can I have it? I said, Why? You know, I'm thinking I'm in trouble. Like, I don't know what I said. She said, It was beautiful as long as I'm teaching. I will have this on my wall. So in fifth grade, you know, I'm a kid's mind. Wait a minute, poetry makes people who hate you, love you. You can get things, <laughs> you write poetry. So I went home and wrote haikus. I'm like, I'm gonna get everything from her. And <laughs> next thing you know, it turned into a notebook, into a duffel bag, into a trash bag to, <laughs> you know, and you know, like years later, I'm addicted to it. It was my first girlfriend, my first best friend, my first therapist. <laughs> and, and then poetry, then all of a sudden hip hop popped up and you're like, Oh, hold up. Wait a minute. That's nice. And <laughs> then you like now all of a sudden we're switching and I have to be honest too. I switched because I was, we were break dancing, but I was the worst break dancer in the crew. So They're like either you got to get out or you got to find something to do. And they're like, well, you write, can you rap? And I'm like, of course I can never rap before. <laughs> and then I started rapping and I loved it. And so I was an MC for a minute and while I was in a group, we messed up like four record contracts and, you know, and so what we do with any bitter jilted lover, I'm never rapping again. I'm going back to poetry It's better, but I, cause I was pissed that we, we messed up four record contracts. I was like, I'm just done. I'm never rapping again. And, you know, I went back to my old girlfriend. You know, though I, that I never left, I was always cheating on hip hop with poetry. it's just, me and poetry. You know, that's my girl. If, if I, you know, in a relationship, understand I have a mistress. I don't care. We married, <laughs> dating. I'm gonna be up at night. I'm gonna be talking to her instead of you. That's just the way it is. So I just I don't know how to stop writing. My my demeanor and my mood is based off of my writing. You know, if I'm not writing well, if I'm not creating well. I don't feel well, mm. you know, so now it's just part of my DNA.
0: So how did you, so, so where does the, 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 the psychological stuff come into? It? Like, how did you know that
4: that was the path to? Well, the thing about it is, again, I, I guess I'm a person of intuition. One of my friends in college was part of a big brother program because he worked at a group home. And so he basically called, we had the brew crew. I didn't drink, probably the only one in it that didn't. And he walked into the brew crew like, I got kids that need big brothers. Y'all volunteer. You know, it's your boys. They're like, okay. You know, so next thing you know, we had all of these kids from the group home coming down to the college and running, doing stuff with them. And I liked it. And, you know, I needed a part-time job in school. I mean, a job in school. So I'm like, are you guys hiring? And I never left mental health. I went from working as a child care worker to working into um, a, a, a mental home, a, a psychiatric home for children then I ran a unit at a girl's home. And during this time, you have to take continuing education in psychology to maintain your credentials and do it. And, you know, so I never stopped working with kids and in mental health. So I always did them in tandem. And I had a, a mentor who was a professional opera singer, but he always worked another job. And I was like, dude, you travel all over the world. And he said, listen, until you got of Richie money? You need to make sure you have something in the bank. So he said, I work this, so I'll have social security and maybe a pension from them. And then I'll have my artistic stuff. And then when I get old, I'll be able to retire. He said, but until you hit the jackpot, always keep a second job to pay into to make sure you have another source of income like retirement age and that. So I did it, but I actually loved it. And so at one point, you know, I switched from computer science and math. To social work, then went to psychology. And I did my bachelor's, you know, and you say, I'm done. Then I did my master's and I'm done. And then I did my doctor. I'm like, okay, I have no choice but to be done now. There's nothing else, and I'm not going back to school. So, you know, and so I've always done both in tandem when I'm not performing and I was living as an artist. I still like in New York, I work with the police athletically and taught poetry and stuff on the weekends, you know, in the different um in the different boroughs and helped them put together poetry anthology. So I never stopped working with children. And so it was, and it works, because let me tell you something, as a poet, we're psychologists in our own minds anyway. We know mm-hmm. the world's problems. We know their issues. We know how to fix them. Not ours, because poets are terrible when it <laughs> comes to that stuff. But we can fix you. We know what's wrong with you. We know how to, fix everything, all your issues, romantic issues. Like <laughs> we could be divorcing on our fifth, fifth marriage but we can write a poem to tell you how to love who you with so you know, it was just, now now i just got the papers to be able to say what i've been saying and i can say now i know what i'm saying is correct not not that i was ever wrong because poets are never wrong just, I that's for the record poets are never wrong all right and so it's
0: you're so you're so right. Like I'm a poet, I get it. I everything that you said, I'm like, "Oh my god, yes." Yes. So talk to me, um Anthony about um what what is your who is your favorite poet? And 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 what kind of poetry resonates with you? I mean, are you one for the love poems? Are you one for the revolutionary poems? Are you one for the you know, the Mary Oliver, deep thinking, who am I, esoteric kind of poets.
4: Like, what, who are you? So, one, um, my motto is this. Life is my canvas, and I can write whatever I want. So, I'm the person, depending on where you go, I'm a revolutionary poet, I'm a love poet, I'm a comic poet. It depends on who, who sees me. I write about life. Now, love poetry is one of those sticklers. Because most people have such a nascent and elementary idea and concept of love that it becomes redundant. So like when I do workshops in schools, like high schools, I'm like, y'all can't do love poems. And they're like, why? I said, because it's 50 of y'all. And after the 30th poem, talking about flowers, <laughs> bees, and kisses, I'm not even reading the rest. Of them. I'm just ripping them up. So until you can have a different expression about love, a mature idea, personal concept about love, don't write love poems. But let me tell you, between Shakespeare and Pablo Neruda, Pablo Neruda has a <laughs> collection of love poems. And I kid you not, Reggie Gibson, the, the guy who um, Love Jones is based off of, one of my best friends, we were up one night and we were talking about poets we like. And um, Pablo Neruda has this book of love sonnets. And I we haven't. literally, hey, and we sat up and, you know, two grown men reading <laughs> love sonnets to each other, digging. We like, man, if people saw this, it was crazy. But then afterwards, he like, well, I got because I was visiting him because he's in Massachusetts. He said, I'm going to chill with my wife, you know, have fun on the couch. And I was like, wait a minute, dude, that ain't right. Like, <laughs> and so, uh, you know, I don't have a favorite poet. I have favorite poets. I mean, my goodness, like just go on that one. I love Octavio Paz. I love um, I love Pablo Neruda. You know, I love, you know, the last poets, you know, Avio Noon, Oyewoli, and Omar ben are my godfathers. I love them to death. I love to marry baraka um you know then you know Oh my those are goodness.
0: those are men
4: oh hold on don't 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 because <laughs> right because right on my stand over here i go get the collective works of sonya sanchez with her band yes. you know what i'm saying um but you know it's it's just so many and contemporary my girl girl is patricia smith
6: mm-hmm. you know
4: I, I like to steal her pen and, and say i did it um <laughs> You know, and so as we all would, yes. Yeah. And so I, I, so I have, like I'm looking around. I have so many books of poetry, like my contemporaries and people, you know, um you don't know, like it's um a sister out here called Yellow Woman, and she hmm. so undervalues her um her writing, but I was like, girl, let me tell you something. You got a pen, you know, and so me, I just I like poetry. I'm I'm a groupie for the word, you know. So I just like good poetry. And if it's good poetry, I will read it and I will stay in it. It's a sister out here named, um, we call her V. She, ums at the, um, what is it? The, um, the, uh, spot in the Merck Park, uh, World Stage. And she has some of the most beautiful poetry, V. Kali. And in one of her poems, she said, how dare you love me like God told you to? And now I'm like, just do that line. Just, just say that. Just say that again, because she's going through it. So, I mean, it's like, I just like poetry and I'm going to read it as long as it's good. You know what I'm saying? And that's it. You know, so I, I really don't have a favorite. I just have a whole bunch of people that I like and that I read, you know, and I love discovering new poets, you know, finding other people's books. So I have I have a collection of contemporary poet books that, out. you know, that that's bigger than my of, of famous poets. I just. I, if you got a good poetry book, let me know. I'm going to read it. hmm.
0: So do you feel like poetry is 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 coming into its own, is having its own renaissance? Like I'm I'm getting the sense that poets are are being revered once again. Do you know what oh, I mean? Yeah. Like they're center stage
4: these days. We got the Grammys now. Look, watch it. <laughs> Literally, and it's funny because everybody who's nominated for a Grammy has been doing it for years. You know what I'm saying? But we were competing against, you know, Um, Hillary Clinton and um, Michelle Obama reading, you know, books. And it's just like, we ain't getting, we ain't beating out the first lady. It's like, come on. So now we have our own, um, our own area now, you know, so now spoken word is just its own section. And it's crazy because everybody who's nominated, I've known and performed with and seen on the scene, you know, and know personally, and it's just, wow, like it's coming back. And you know, it's in stuff now. Like, um, I was actually featured on um you are you familiar with Tales, the BET um series. It takes hip hop songs and they turn them into half-hour, um, half-hour dramas or comedies. And no, so, I don't know this. Yeah, it's Tales on BET. And okay. two of my friends, one of them, Patrick Coker, is um, he was the most infamous like poetry host in New York. He hosted the um Brooklyn Moon. And from what I understood, it was slated to um, host Deaf Poetry Jam, but they wanted like a famous person to do it. But him and another friend, Adam Weason, were directing it. Like, hey, you know, we, we got this poetry section. And so the, my poetry and the poetry of Jessica Caremore was featured and it was on last year during it, you know. And I mean, full-blown reading almost the entire poem, featuring and showing the books. People like, wow. You know, so it is coming back. You know, but I like it now because there's a venue for it. Like before, we were in crevices and corners. You know, we're trying to sell. We're trying to sell CDs out of back alleys. Like, please buy this. And they're like a poetry CD. What is a poetry CD? It's like it's a CD with poetry. Just listen to it. And so now, with SoundCloud, like I said, Spotify, all this other kind of stuff, people are hearing quality work. Like, wait a minute, it's some good stuff. And before you got a lot of bad stuff with a lot of good stuff because let's be for real, we weren't recording artists. You know what I'm saying? You know, we didn't have a bunch of engineers. A poetry CD was literally your boy who had a studio, maybe in his bedroom or her bedroom, and you go in there, they make some beats, you just rap over them or, I mean, do poetry over them, and then you're selling it, and then you want to make money. So you're selling the CD that should be, be sold for $5 for 15, And then people pay $15 for that. They're like, I ain't paying for this again. But now like we have real studios. We have people who really are in the art of song making and turning poetry into a audio, not just a, a, a literary form and they're doing it well. So now it's like, wait a minute, yo, go check out this poetry CD. And it's not a big distinction between the quality of a CD you're gonna buy Um, like from a famous artist and the CD now you buy from the poet you know Mm -hmm. digital you know digital world has made us put us on even playing fields so now people are willing to spend their money because the quality is there so poetry in the next couple years it's going to be back to where it was during the Love Jones and the Poetry Slam when that was the thing but it is working its way back really. I I do get that sense
0: and and I and I, I give me your thoughts about the effect that that deaf poetry, deaf jam poetry had on 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 the genre. I mean, because it it I mean, it it took us to a place that people had not experienced before to sit in an audience and hear various people spit their poet poems out there. It was this, and every week, you know, we tuned in and it was exciting. I mean, who knew that it would be that exciting? I mean, what are your thoughts on that? I'm
4: torn. Because, one, when they did that, attendance at every poetry venue, even the one, like, in the middle of Egypt in the corner, everybody got, you know, the attendance was there. But the bad part about it <coughs> was, everybody looked at it and said, I could do it. <laughs> and so now, everybody was a poet. Like, no, you're not. Like, you are an audience member. Like, you can work on being a poet, but, you know, so then it became... A fad. And then it kind of just, it kind of watered it down because everybody was getting into it. You know, when you have problems identifying who and what you are and you see something successful, you go do it. So then all of a sudden, now we have more people to parse through. And it wasn't people who were necessarily serious about the art, but were infatuated, you know, or Mm. fetishized the art. And then you had people coming up doing stuff. So at a venue I had, you know, you the DJ could cut you off. If you got up there and it's clear you didn't work on your stuff and you just up there trying to say something, the DJ could cut you off. And they look at me like, <laughs> what are you doing? It's like, he cut you off. What do you mean, what am I doing? I mean, it's over, you know? <laughs> and so that's my feeling. That, that's like very this. harsh. <laughs> yeah, but the thing about it is, I mean, hell, in Chicago, there's this one place, and I forgot the name of it. Um, Reggie told me about it. They were like, if you know the next line of the poem, say it. Because you shouldn't be able to predict someone's poem all the way through. And if they can't predict too many of your lines, they stayed and tell you to go write better. And so the thing about it, it was a seriousness. Even like Mark Kelly, the the guy who started Slam, he started it because he was a serious poet who was shunned by academia. And he did it as a slap in the face. Like the scores was just, you know, that was just a fun thing, but it was just, it was like a sarcastic knock on you know, academia grading us and telling us we're not good enough. You know what I'm saying? But always in the slam, be like, the scores don't matter. It's about the poem. And so what happens is, back in the day, people who were in those venues were serious poets who were shunned by academia, but who wanted a light to be shined on, who wanted an out, outlet for their art and their work. And then it became, you know, everybody who had, you know, who wrote a poem in the corner all of a sudden got out and all of a sudden it's like, you know, it's cool. You write about your emotions, but if you're gonna put this out for public consumption, you should also be serious about the art. I shouldn't have to listen to your poem and be like, I felt that. And that's the only thing I can say. I should be able to say, I felt that and I appreciate the artistic intent and work you put into it. But now, you know, it became the thing where it's just expressing emotion and you can express your emotion No artistic quality whatsoever, no metaphors, no images. And they'd be like, that's a great poem. And it's like, we can't reduce the art to being prosaic where there's no art. You Mm. still have to write. You still have to have poetic technique. You should still know something about poetry. You know, your claim to fame as a poet shouldn't be, I don't read other poets. You know what I'm saying? I just write because I don't want to sound like anybody. You imagine somebody in basketball saying, I'm not gonna watch Bird or 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 um, Bill Russell or Michael Jordan or or um, Allen Iverson or anybody like that because you know I don't want to play like them. Like, are you crazy? I mean, you don't want to. Of course, you don't want to be them, but incorporating some of their greatness into yours and in turning you want that. And so, you know, the the problem now is we have to be on some level guards to make sure that what we're putting out is good as far as emotion, but more toward the quality and nature of the writing so it can sustain itself. Because emotion, as let me tell you, as a psychologist, emotion gets played out. At one point, you get tired of listening to emotions. You're like, please say something concrete. No, please say something (laughs) that's worth listening to. I don't want to have to feel my way through this. Let's work. And so that's where we're at. And so it is coming back. And that was a long answer. It is coming back. I predict in the next two to three years it will be at its its peak. It will be bigger than it ever was. The problem is just like how hip hop got aborted in the middle of making the baby. We have to make sure that poetry doesn't go the same way. Because now that you can get a Grammy, and you know, and because there's very few to pick from that are quality enough for the Grammys, it's going to be a lot of people trying to flood that, and if the the mediocre or the trite starts making it then you're going to have a flood of record companies and other people opportunistic flooding the market and we Mm. don't want that so now the goal is to take our biggest and brightest and shove them in there so they build the taste for it so when they get up there they'll be like oh no we we don't want that we we want this and so that that's where we're at but this is coming back it is it is going to be mammoth it is it's it's a takeover
0: Trust me. I so appreciate this conversation, Anthony. I, uh, it's a great way for me to sort of celebrate hip hop's 50th uh, anniversary. And it's hard to believe that it's 50 years, but uh, it is nice to sort of see people who, who were at that moment and moving us toward another moment of uh, reimagining what the art form is. And, and bringing poetry along too, I like that.
4: Thank you. Poetry is a sexy girl. Let me tell you, <laughs> <laughs> the sexy woman right there. That wow, that I'm was a, right there, boy. I'ma say boy poetry is
0: my guy. I'ma say that poetry yeah. is my man. How about I have
4: that? A, I, I have a poem that starts off: Poetry is my girlfriend, and I'm looking for a woman who makes me want to cheat on her. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I, I don't know Anthony, that might get you in all kinds of trouble <laughs> metaphorically speaking like that, yeah. that could go all <laughs> kinds of ways wrong
4: <laughs> yeah the fidelity in that statement is real terrible isn't it like
0: yes i don't i don't know how you i don't know how you explain baby it's just poetry like i'm i'm, t- I'm
4: just oh, talking hey, about hey, poetry hey a, a one the lines said i like you almost more than poetry is that a problem
0: Oh, <laughs> see, I think you have to go. I think you have to find somebody who is well versed in poetry to understand that. Otherwise, you're gonna have some hurt feelings.
4: Oh, I do, and, and, and literally, because I'm divorced. But literally, every every woman I dated was like, "Why do you have to go perform so much? Why do you do?" I mean, that's just like I don't tell you not to go to your job. Like, leave me alone. Like. Like, but you're always going to an open mic, you're always performing, you're always going someplace. So I'm like, you know, you don't want to look at him like, listen, you can go. You know what I'm like? <laughs> like poetry ain't good. Poetry's not going anywhere. So that means you have to, you have
0: to, you have to align yourself with other poets who understand what is happening. That's yes. that's that's my my uh my my two, my therapeutic two cents, right there.
4: <laughs> I will take that into consideration.
0: <laughs> Anthony, it's been a pleasure talking to you. I'm so yes. glad uh, that you were on this morning, and uh, I look forward to dear James, and I hope it does well.
4: Thank you, and I appreciate this. This was a fun forum. Anytime you, when the play comes, if you want me to come back, we can do that. But yeah, I would love great. to.
0: Yes, I. Oh, I was yeah, great. you got to come back because I want to hear about the play. I want to yeah. hear about that you know and uh thank you so much enjoy the rest of your uh your week and uh happy mlk weekend
4: yes <laughs> yeah, it's nice to be able to say that you know it's like that's why. and considering at one point he was considered voted the most hated american in the world and see that he has a holiday now yeah it, it gives you a whole so much- weekend yes
0: you know in our yeah. community it's a whole weekend
4: yeah, you know we celebrate everything. Your birthday is your birthday month. You know. Yes.
0: And for us, MLK weekend starts Black History Month.
4: Yes.
0: <laughs> we start. We start with Black History Month. We. We. This is what it is. So it is. Thank you, Anthony Rucker. It was thank a pleasure.
4: You. you too. Take care.
0: Take good care, Harry Drows. Thank you so much. I will see you tomorrow, and uh, y'all be good out there in these streets. And uh, read some poetry. You know, I love poetry. I'm a poet. I love poetry, and I love poets. I'll see y'all.